Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all the states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find my gambling picks at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime and our jack of all trades at the podcast, Alex Uplinger, at Alex underscore up seven. Also manages our podcast Twitter account at Full underscore Slate underscore pod. It is NFL week six as we are moving past the one-third mark of the regular season already with week six taking place, beginning with Tampa Bay visiting Philadelphia. Alex, how are we doing, my guy? Greg, I'm doing great, man. I'm just kind of upset that you said week six, man. It feels it's upsetting. <laughs> I was upset last week, and now that we hear week six, it's just slowly trickling down. Then we have college football already – Already in the heat of things, like, man, it's going by quick. I know you're not a college football guy, but I do think it's getting interesting now with that Alabama loss. You pretty much just have Georgia, and you look at the playoff landscape. I know we're only about halfway through, but Cincinnati, Cincinnati, right? like, if they were on the table, they're in. Like, there's nothing that they even need to sweat at this point. Right? Is the committee going to keep them out? They have to just win all their games. Right, because they in, will. The, in the past, whether it was a UCF or a Western Michigan, like the teams have won out, but there have been enough teams ahead of them over the course of the year where they just didn't jump enough teams to get in. Well, Cincinnati's number three right now. Iowa is number two, which is like kind of weird. 
And it's just an interesting college football year all of a sudden. Clemson sucks, you know, so it's just kind of funny. Yeah. This is all – I fun. mean, Georgia looks incredible, but I just – Yeah, they have to be the favorite now, right? Oh, yeah, easily. I'd argue they were the favorite even before Alabama lost. Okay. Yeah, I don't follow very closely. I I just follow Penn State, so that Iowa game was absolutely brutal. I had Penn State money line and took the points, and then, you know, Ooh. the backup quarterback comes in and yep. can't move the fucking ball at all, and they're done. So, before we get into the NFL Week 6 rotation, we do have, I got to ask you, a busy sports Thursday with this Eagles Bucks game, game five, Dodgers, Giants. I don't know if your Penguins are playing again tomorrow night after they beat the defending champs. Like, what's the situation like in your apartment? Like, you know, are you frequently changing channels? Are you just watching the football game? Oh, no, no. This is an out night of food. Like, like how big are we getting uh... tomorrow night? Yeah, so my Thursday night will only be... Bucks, Eagles. I'm going to be Rob Lowe putting on my NFL hat and just <laughs> rooting for some fun NFL games. I can't watch this playoff baseball when my nationals are not included, especially when you have Trey Turner on the other side. I'm just, oh, it, I'm it still distraught. I'm, oh, I'm still absolutely distraught. I cannot watch him succeed. I root for the best. I, I guess I hope the Dodgers win. I'm holding a Braves ticket, so I got Braves plus 5,000 earlier in, like, July, so that's about all I can read for, but okay. go trade turn. are you just one of those fans in general where once your team's out in baseball, you can't get into it as much, or is it specifically the Trey Turner stuff this year? It's, it's definitely just the Trey Turner stuff this year. Usually <laughs> I watch, but... Seeing him succeed and knowing that we fucking just couldn't pay him and that we had to trade him, it's it's absolutely devastating. I, I'll never get over it. Yeah. He, he'll never come back. He'll succeed elsewhere, which he's doing. And, yeah, it's just it's too much. I can't watch it. <laughs> You'll watch the ALCS or not really? I'll dabble. I'll dabble because okay. I'll I'll probably bet against the Red Sox. So yeah, I'll dabble. I'll probably <laughs> All right, well, let's get to it now with NFL Week Six. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. If you're, I, I'm into the revenge games, but I don't know that I can get as far as saying it's a Tom Brady revenge game from the Super Bowl a few years ago. But maybe Tom Brady is thinking as much. I don't think he's faced the Eagles since that Super Bowl, but. Having said that, uh, we're seeing Tampa Bay laying, it looks like, six and a half, going to Lincoln Financial Field. And we have total of this game, 52 and a half. When we look at this one, I guess I'll start. On one hand, you can look and say, Alex, I know it was a couple weeks ago we had a Thursday night game with Jacksonville going to Cincinnati. And I think you eventually got there at least in the contest that we're in with Jacksonville getting over the touchdown. But one thing that had concerned me was the lack of prep time for Urban Meyer on a short week as a first-year head coach. It has been 
historically a not so good spot. Uh, and I, that's the spot that Philly's in here with the Eagles coming back home from Charlotte last Sunday, beating the Panthers. And now on a short week, Nick Sirianni, who has not looked very good at times through five games, despite the Eagles two and three record. It's really been a struggle for the first year coach at times. So he's got to put together a game plan on short rest against a veteran coach in Bruce Arians. That would make you think maybe Tampa Bay. But having said that, we have a Tampa Bay side that we don't really know what's going on with Tom Brady. And that kind of makes me think that Tampa Bay probably takes this thing pretty vanilla and looks to win kind of an ugly game the way it did against the Patriots in primetime in the Brady return. That was obviously not a very impressive win for the Bucks in Sunday night football. Like, I don't know, maybe this is not a big deal, but anytime at his advanced age that I see, you know, throwing hand thumb injury for Tom Brady, I'm inclined to think, that there could be a little bit of a problem here with just three days in between games. So I'm probably going to look to play Brady's passing yards under thinking that Tampa will probably lean on the run a little more. And we have seen Dallas and Kansas city really slice up the Eagles on the ground pretty good. Uh, So that's probably where I would look with this game. I, I, as I said, have a hard time getting there with either side. And I think that the total in the low 50s is a little high. And so I would look at the under in this game. But I think my better play is to go under on Brady's passing yards for some prop action. And maybe you look at a running back for Tampa Bay, whether it's Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, first touchdown. Things like that are probably where I'm most interested in, as I said, I mentioned Dallas and Carolina, excuse me, Dallas and Kansas city running well against the Eagles. Well, Chuba Hubbard even went over a hundred yards last week. So I think it's probably a, a conservative game plan here from Tampa Bay. I'll go under on Brady's passing yards. Yeah, I wish we got the Eagles at plus seven here. It looks like it's six and a half in most books. The Tampa defense, they're really stout against a run. It's unbelievable. They've only allowed 45.8 yards on the ground per game, but they give up 314 yards per game through the air, which is dead last in the NFL. So I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball. I think they can keep this close. In contrast to the Eagles secondary, they rank third in the NFL and they allow only 195 yards through there per game. So I think that lends well to your Brady trend. I was looking at the total under. I saw this open as high as 53. And then I saw a trend Thursday night games with a total that opened at 53 or higher. They're 13 and four to the under. So I was looking at this game under, I know you mentioned this feels a little high, and I completely agree. I think this is a bit high. I don't know why the Bucs would want to blow them out. I 
don't know how the Eagles are going to score quite enough points. 52 and a half, which it's at right now, that feels a bit high. I think I would play the under if I had to right now. No play on the game for me right now, but I mean, I'm going to get there with a with an anytime touchdown, of course, but yeah, nothing for me right now. I think the under looks like the best play right now. I'm going to give you a couple of flyers on the first touchdown prop. I talked about maybe looking at Ronald Jones. If you're looking for a back, I would assume Fournette's odds are going to be shorter. And normally we look to just play the longer price on these dart throws. So Ronald Jones, maybe even Gio Bernard, although I would expect Jones and Fournette to get the bulk of the carry. So I would probably look at Jones on the Tampa side. And then you mentioned the Burnable Tampa Bay secondary. How about Quez Watkins for a first touchdown flyer for the Eagles? He has moved ahead of Jalen Rager in their rotation and is playing more snaps than Rager. And he has big playability. He caught a long 53-yard catch last week against Carolina, which if Jalen Hurts had thrown a better ball, would have gone for a touchdown. The Eagles ended up scoring on the drive anyway. Uh, But Quez Watkins, young player out of Southern Miss, I believe he's in his second year, wide receiver, he would be someone I would look at for the Philadelphia side as we like to throw these darts on first touchdown. I think Quez Watkins could hit a big play. I love it. I was actually strongly looking at Quez Watkins. He's plus 300 anytime touchdown. So that was very interesting that you're mentioning him. Plus 300 anytime touchdown. I wow. think I'll okay. be ultimately playing that as well. Well, there we go. Let's root for... Southern Miss's own Quez Watkins on Thursday Night Football. I just wanted to say Quez Watkins one more time as we move on. <laughs> we move on to London. We're going back across the pond for some Sunday morning action. The Miami Dolphins playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. A couple of Florida teams going at it. And honestly, you could say a couple of London teams going at it. And I don't think anybody <laughs> would have it. Right. We're 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 growing the game. We're growing the game again and honestly, with these like, two awesome teams. Alex, like I wanna say that I'm kidding here, but I'm kinda not because when we talk about this side, Jacksonville's a three point dog, total of forty seven and a half. I kind of feel like they're gonna have more fans here. Like the Jags have played a home game, it feels like every year in London. And whether you think that the London fans are smart enough to realize the Jags suck or not, they're there every year. Like, I, this could be fishing on or reaching on my part, but I don't know. I think there could be a little bit of a London fan base for those Jags. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I feel like they're there every single season. Right? I don't, I don't know how many people care about the Dolphins, right? Right. Like, I think that the crowd here would be for Jacksonville. Now, it is Urban Meyer's first time doing this, and I'm not sure if Brian Flores has taken a Dolphins team across the pond, so maybe that cancels it out. Well, but the Dolphins got uh, the, the Jags owner. He also owns Fulham, which is a English English footy team, so... It might be so a little something there. Plenty of that he's giving tickets to. For this <laughs> oh, they're, he's probably going to buy out the stadium. He might be 
at a pub like all week just like drinking like <laughs> absolutely absolutely so i kind of think that given where miami's at first off have, do we know if two is coming back for this game i don't i saw he was trending towards playing that's the latest i saw trending up trending up so honestly like i realize that jacoby Brissett hasn't been all that impressive but Almost think I kind of like it more if Tua plays only because I know that it's Jacksonville, but you're going to bring him back with a long plane trip and you know maybe he's a little rusty. I think this has Jags first win written all over it, and I think they're definitely the side. Absolutely. This would be the worst spot to bring back your quarterback, right? Does it just feel like wait the- one more week? Just absolutely. And the Jags, I mean, they looked abysmal last week. But if they're going to be anyone, it's probably the Dolphins in London. I I grabbed Jags at three and a half. I think this is a sneaky spot that they just they win the game. It's an ugly ass game, but they're going to win it. It's going to be like 17, 13, 17, 14. Just ugly ass win where no one's really paying attention. And then Urban Meyer gets a fly back to the U.S. If not, he's fucking sane in London. I, I was going to say, I hope he doesn't own a bar in London. <laughs> sure, he'll do fine in London. There's a lot of young females, I'm sure. But, <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't get the wind and cover, just just leave him. Leave him at Wembley and we'll call it a day. I was going to say, yeah, just leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> So agreement on the short dog there in the London game with Jacksonville. Let's go to the uh, AFC South game being played in the United States as it's the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. And how about this number? Indianapolis laying a pretty penny here as they are a 10-point home favorite. Total of this game of 43.5. And Alex, I said to you before we jumped on, I know you liked Houston last week against New England. And Houston did get you the cash with the cover. Well, I know that Houston was at home against New England. Now they're on the road against Indy. But still, if you liked Houston last week against the New England team, that I still, even despite Indy's good performance for the most part, besides the choke against Baltimore, they look pretty good early on in that game. Despite that, you still got to think New England's probably better than Indianapolis. And now here's Houston getting 10 against Indy. I think you got to look to the Houston side here because Indianapolis, first off, who lays 10 points with a one and four team regardless. And secondly, coming off of a short week off of a game in which they just completely let down and collapsed in. Like I, I would be a little concerned about Indy's get up here against a team like Houston. I mean, if they're playing Tennessee or if they're playing, you know, some big opponent, outside of the division, then sure, you'd think they'll get back up for it. But against Houston, like, I, I'm i not sure there's – I think Indy maybe sleepwalks through this thing, and if they win, it's ugly and they don't cover. That's exactly why I'm, I'm going to pass. I'm going to lay off Houston. Unfortunately, I do like the 10, but – uh, Carson Wentz, he looked healthy in his past two games. He's thrown for 630 yards, four touchdowns. 
No interceptions. He was only sacked four times in these past two games. Looked really good against the Ravens. Uh, it just feels like a spot they're just begging me to take the Texans again. I, I loved them last week. I just can't quite get there. I I don't know. I should take the 10 again, but it just feels like Carson Wentz is getting healthy and this offense is looking good. But the Colts' defense does have some injury concerns, roads and concussion protocols. Sandejo is also in concussion protocol, which is insane that Andrew fucking Sandejo is actually starting on an NFL team and actually <laughs> a concern. It's unbelievable, but yeah, I just don't know if I would lay it with the Colts, and I'm just kind of worried about the Texans. It feels like a spot you have to take the Texans, but I just can't quite get there. Yeah, I I kind I get it. Like I I I hear what you're saying. I mean, if you think that that was a uh, you know a return a bit for Carson Wentz, and you want to stay off for that reason, I, I get it. Uh, Ultimately, I, I, I'm pretty close to playing Houston, and I'll probably just have to see how the rest of my card looks come Sunday morning. And if it's one of those things where I don't think I have enough meat on the bone, then I'm going to bet the Texans. And if that chicken wing is ready to be bitten into, then I'm not going to eat the te- bet the Texans. So that came out a little weird, but that's <laughs> no, how I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I completely agree. Let's go to another divisional game. This one in the NFC North where the Green Bay Packers go to the Windy City. One of the longer historical rivalries in football here, the Packers and the Bears. And a little bit of a fishy number here, that's for sure, with Green Bay in the early window only laying four, four and a half, total of 44. Alex, I know it hasn't always been pretty for the Bears, but... And they may be the league's ugliest three and two team, but three and two is three and two. And this line feels a little fishy. I mean, as anemic as Chicago's offense has looked at times, that Bears defense continues to get the job done. And we saw them really stifle the Raiders last week en route to a an outright win as five point road dogs. So now they're four and a half point home dogs. Uh, you know, Green Bay certainly appears to have righted the ship since an embarrassing week one loss to New Orleans. And last week uh, pulled it out there in overtime in Cincinnati. But, you know, if you just told me the Bears and the Packers are playing. Forget the records, forget everything just from what you've seen. I test wise. I think most football fans would have said that's that line's going to be six, six and a half. And it's coming four, four and a half right now. I know it's in Chicago, but I think there's a little something going on here. And I don't know. I, I could not. I definitely couldn't play the Green Bay side. And Chicago might be a little bit of a plug your nose type play. But sometimes you got to do those kinds of plays and, and just see where they take you. And I think you're kind of going to get there with the Bears. Yeah, I got to plug my nose. This line is so fishy. If, like you were saying, if it was closer to six, I was going to think Green Bay. But with it being only four and a half, Bears play way better at home. 
Their defense has really been showing up. They've only allowed 20 points per game, which is seventh best in the NFL. I just think this line is just begging me to take the Packers, which kind of makes me just want to take the Bears. I'm just going to put a small play on the Bears here, plus four and a half. I think that's the only yeah. side to look. It, it's just... It's just so weird. You can't back the Packers. They're begging you to take the Packers here. Yeah, and I mean, with Jair Alexander hurt, too, it could be a spot where Allen Robinson finally wakes up a little bit for the Bears. It could be a spot where Justin Fields maybe has a little more success getting the ball downfield because that Green Bay secondary in particular, but really the whole Green Bay defense leaves a lot to be desired for a team that's trying to obviously, you know, get back to another NFC championship game or maybe more than that. So I, I listen, I think the Packers are a fine team, you know, that they'll probably win this division, but uh, they're a team. I mean, I had, I, I think you had them too. I, I know I had Bengals plus three last week and ended up pushing. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of these weird lines. Like the bears are not a good offense at all. they, they are last in the NFL. They only have 1,200 total yards, which is less than what Lamar Jackson has. Lamar Jackson has 1,800 total yards between passing and wow. running. This is not a good offense by far, but another week under the belt, you know, Fields is a starter. They have another week preparing. I don't know. It just feels so weird only giving four and a half. They're just begging you to take the Packers, which I can't I can't do it. I totally agree. I, I definitely think that this is a Bears or Pass spot with the we've talked a lot about divisional dogs and we get a divisional home dog. I mean it's 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 always tough to say no to those. Let's With the go. better defense, right? Oh, yeah. No, oh, no doubt about it there. So, yeah, if absolutely. you're Green Bay, you're just hoping that Rodgers and Devontae. Completely goes off. Yeah. You know, I, Which I don't would know. not surprise me at all. It wouldn't. But against this defense, I'd say that's maybe a little less likely to happen. And, you know, if the we've seen Green Bay or, excuse me, we've seen Chicago do this to opposing quarterbacks where if that front seven gets home and makes life hell for Rodgers, then, you know, it, they could definitely they could they could win this game outright and it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, this this feels like a 2017 Packers win. Yeah, and then you exactly. easily get there with four. It'll go down the wire. Maybe another Mason Crosby walk off field goal. Right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't quite go money line. I I feel like I think the points grab the four play. and a half. Yeah, the points are very appropriate, and you'll see the Packers. You know. Bears will be up late, and Rodgers will just lead him down and win the game, but it's going to be something like 2017. So let's go to the nation's capital where the Kansas City Chiefs, the last place Kansas City Chiefs, how about that, go to Lando. Oh, my God. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Well, that is the reality after that loss at home against the Bills. That's kind of why I'm thinking, like, the Raiders aren't going to give up on this season. When you see the the Chiefs playing like that, then yeah, this division I mean, is the, wide this open. division is wide open, which is very weird to say. But here we are, five weeks in with Kansas City at two and three. Speaking of underachievers, 
maybe not as nearly the same underachiever as Kansas City, but Washington just two and three as well. Granted, Ryan Fitzpatrick did get hurt. Seems like he's getting closer. But having said that, we see the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot going to Landover, Maryland and laying six and a half total of 56 and a half. I mean, I, I, I don't know really how to handicap the Chiefs right now, Alex, because it feels like they're only good on one side of the ball. And on one hand, you can say, well, yeah. So you you take their team total over, take the game over. But gosh, 56 and a half is an awful high number. And the Chiefs have had struggles against the spread, but this was a similar price range when they went to Philadelphia and covered that game against the Eagles. Having said that, as I said, they came back with that loss kind of going away last week on Sunday night football against Buffalo. So like, I just don't know what the chiefs are right now. And that's weird, really weird to say, uh, having said that Washington, like if Washington had even looked half as good defensively as it did last year, then Washington probably is a, one of my favorite plays of the week. Like if I can just count on that defense to live up to the hype one time, but it continues to not happen. I mean, James Winston's picking them apart last week for crying out loud. So I think your play here was just to still go over the super high total, right? Yeah, you absolutely have to. This has just been burned by unders too many times. Like I gave out the under in the, in the chiefs Eagles game and the, <laughs> the Eagles in punt a single time. It's absolutely unbelievable. These are two of the <laughs> worst defenses in the NFL. I I don't think this total's high enough. I think we're gonna see a solid like thirty-five. I was gonna say, like, are, are we gonna get to the point where Chiefs totals are pushing sixty? We have to. Yeah. After this after this week, I think we have to. The Washington offense has enough weapons to burn them and the Chiefs offense is going to absolutely destroy them Washington defense has been signing guys off the street left and right to the active roster and the practice squad like the Washington defense is is nothing outside of their front seven it's it's honestly embarrassing the Chiefs they allowed 33 points per game that's 32nd in the NFL and then Washington they allow 31 points per game, which is 31st in the NFL. This is literally two of the worst defenses in the entire league going head-to-head against a Chiefs offense that is very strong. And then a Washington offense that is fairly competent. They have enough weapons. I could easily see this going over. I think 60 points is not enough. I think you have to play this total over. I would not touch the side. You could easily see the Chiefs blow them out. You could easily see Washington do enough to keep it remotely competent, especially after the Chiefs' defense. I'm just so upset on that under I took. The Chiefs couldn't make the Eagles. God, that was so annoying on Sunday Night Football. We were talking like Buffalo public dog. Got to take the under when it's that high in prime time. 
right. and it's just that sometimes like you know what we do this podcast and we like to think we know a little bit more than everybody else and then you you watch a game like that unfold <laughs> on Sunday night and you're like ah eh, maybe yeah. you know <laughs> you don't no one no one knows shit yeah. nobody knows shit you can't I've just been burned too many times by these unders. You oh, yeah. can't take this game under. I think the easy play is the over. And Alex, just plug your nose. Game, like, I don't even know. Like, people are going to do it just because everybody's going to say, well, no way the Chiefs go to two and four. But I don't know that I want them in a teaser either right now. Like, they've already lost three times. Like, No, no. With that defense, I would not tease this game. They could easily lose this outright for absolutely no reason. There's no reason Washington should win and i would not put this in the teaser this is not a good survivor pick i would not play this in the teaser i think the over is the only play let's go a few hours south of landover maryland and it's the carolina panthers welcoming in the minnesota vikings panthers all of a sudden reeling a little bit having lost back-to-back games Carolina trying to stay above 500 while Minnesota trying to get to 500 for the first time this season as these two teams come in with inverse records. Minnesota at two and three, Carolina at three and two. And it looks like there's some respect in the betting market right now for the Vikings, as I believe this game opened Carolina minus one around the Pickham area. And then now Minnesota is a short one and a half point road favorite, total of 45 and a half. I got to lean with Carolina, though. I do think that this could be a little bit of a get-right spot for Sam Darnold. The Minnesota defense at times has looked pretty good in their victory against Seattle a few weeks ago. They shut out the Seahawks in the second half en route to a 31-17 win. Played pretty well against Cleveland and just couldn't score in that game. And uh, last week, granted, it was Detroit, but uh, the Minnesota defense, again, with a pretty good performance. But earlier on in the season... Joe Burrow and company were able to put up some points and win that game week one. And Arizona went up and down the field, mostly with these. So I don't think it's a very good Minnesota defense. And that's really the big question when you're handicapping Panthers games. Every week, you're going to want to know, can Sam Darnold get the ball down the field? Is he going to be able to protect the ball? And are the Panthers going to be able to do enough offensively? Because we know that Carolina on defense, again, we'll see what the secondary looks. Still waiting for Stephon Gilmore to make his Panthers debut uh, and J.C. Horn not coming back anytime soon. They did also go out and trade for C.J. Henderson not too long ago. Uh, so the secondary, particularly the corners, always something you want to keep an eye on with Carolina. Uh, they do have the uh, safety Jeremy Chin, who look is looking like a pretty good draft pick uh, from the Panthers recently. Uh, but really the front seven for the Panthers with Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, you really expect to get after opposing quarterbacks. And uh, Kirk Cousins isn't exactly the most mobile quarterback. We'll just say that. So I think the big thing when you're handicapping Panthers games, as I said, is going to be what are the matchups like for DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey looks like he'll return. And can Sam Darnold get the ball downfield, get it to his playmakers, not turn it over? And I don't think there's anything super imposing about this Minnesota defense. I'd lean with Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to get there with Carolina. I'm not remotely concerned about this Vikings defense, especially on the road in the outdoor stadium. You know, that that fast turf is gone, <laughs> per se. But the, this Carolina 
defense is very strong. They're first in the NFL in passing yards a lot per game, and they're third in the NFL in points a lot per game. And the Vikings, they just they have so many strong weapons and solid football players, but they're just not a good football team. I don't they can't put it together overall. No, yeah. I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Panthers, especially when you're getting points at home. I think this is a great spot for Panthers money line. I think they win this game outright. I really don't trust I don't trust the Vikings team to really put it all together. I really do like the Vikings offense. I like Kirk Cousins. I like all their weapons, but Jefferson looks great. Yeah, Thielen, Cook. I just I just don't trust them to put an entire game together. Right, right. Trust me as a Person holding a Vikings under nine ticket, I'm I'm feeling good out of the gate. I'll just say that. Oh, you absolutely should be feeling good. I think, yeah, I think the Panthers win this game outright for you. Let's go to the Charm City as we continue to stay on the uh, in the Mid Atlantic, excuse me, with the L.A. Chargers traveling to Maryland to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and we're seeing Baltimore. Playing three in this game, which is a little surprising. Alex and I were texting about it. Looks like it's actually ticked down to two and a half now. Uh, total of 52. And you know what? It looks like the money is obviously coming on the Chargers. We thought this number was a little quirky. And uh, good on you. I think you said you got in at three and a half. So obviously that's a pretty sizable move going from three and a half to two and a half through the key of three. You like the Chargers? I do. I grabbed three and a half, but a little weird, to be honest. Just mainly because the Chargers' defense, they, they're they really bad against the run, and that's what Baltimore kind of does best. Chargers, they've allowed 158 rushing yards per game, which that's the last in the NFL. And then, obviously, you have Lamar Jackson. The running backs are kind of irrelevant when you have such a mobile quarterback, but Lamar Jackson is really airing the ball out. I'm I'm hoping that the Chargers defense can step up and kind of slow down the, the passing attack and and then try to slow down the running attack. I'm I'm not loving this as much after that game the other night where we saw Baltimore come out in the second half and just absolutely dominate. But Really love Brandon Staley's aggressiveness. This guy's just going for it on fourth down, like every single play. So it's really tough to handicap. I like the three and a half. I think that definitely gets the players fired up too when they know that the coach has that kind of belief in them that they're going to get the f- the first down, and that kind of belief in his defense that if they don't, the defense will figure it out. Like I think that's a good locker room thing. I completely agree. I think going forward like that at this high of a clip is huge. He just trusts in both both sides of the ball. And they've just been proving him to be correct because you're seeing Herbert come out here and sling the ball, and they're getting these first outs. If they He's make not the just playoffs, like going for it. Uh, is Staley the coach of the year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right? I would think so. Who else? Who else would be? I mean, maybe Matt Rule if Carolina makes it, but it, it, it'd be one of those two, I would say. 
but I would argue that that Brandon Staley's conference is way more difficult oh, than Matt Rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the NFC South is kind of dead. Yep, yeah, that's a good point. With, so. with Jameis Winston being, like, the front runner for, you know, for that for that division, yeah. So, I don't really know about this side. Because you have, granted, we saw that Staley and the Chargers went almost an identical trip to the East Coast and beat the Washington football team in week one. Uh, but always worry about that cross-country travel, particularly for a rookie coach, even though it was a spot that proved to be not too much of a problem for Brandon Staley in week one. Having said that, the Ravens, as you said, kind of, you look at the roster and Marquise Hollywood Brown's obviously having a really big season, but the offense maybe doesn't wow you with playmakers, but whether it's Lamar Jackson or whoever's carrying the ball, like, they just gobble up rushing yards, you know. And oh, absolutely. And just total yards. Like, the Lamar Jackson, he has more total yards than 18 teams in the entire league. Wow. Lamar Jackson has 1,800 yards total. The Bears have 1,200 yards total. That's last in the NFL. But – he has more total yards than 18 teams in the entire NFL. So yeah. they're moving the ball, and, and then great. you have Harbaugh. Harbaugh, he trusts his players so much. He's also a coach to go for on fourth down. I just think when you're getting three in the hook with such a dramatic game, when you have – it's going to be such a shootout that I think that three in the hook is a very important number. I could see the Chargers win this outright. I could see the Ravens winning a very close game. I I just love taking the points here. Yeah, I I I tend to lean with the Baltimore side more of a lean only because I do think there's something going on here with this line. Like, yes, Baltimore is also four and one, but I think everybody knows that the Ravens are a little more of the phony four and one team just on the premise of well they survived and had to come back against Indianapolis and they were sleepwalking for the first half. Fifty or sixty six yarder from Tucker against Detroit of all teams. Like the Ravens have been far less impressive in their wins. You know, they had the I guess I their think, best I wins think that Chargers Denver might be uh Chargers might be the most public side in the NFL right now. I'm seeing think, yeah. 89% of bets coming in, and then I'm seeing 77% of money coming in on the Chargers. So this is very much a public play. This might be the most public dog of the week. I have to check the Cardinals. Yeah, this is very much the most public side of the week. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to lay it with the public because – I just I believe in Herbert that much. I think they can put up enough points against this Ravens defense. We shall see, but I definitely lean the other side. This is going to be another one of my uh, see where things are at Sunday morning and decide if I want to bet the Ravens type of plays. But let's stay in the AFC North where the Cincinnati Bengals travel to the Motor City. Short trip here for the Bengals taking on the Detroit Lions. Bengals are a three and a half point road favorite. 
You know, and Alex, we talked about this game before we jumped on, and a total in this game, by the way, of 48. This is definitely one where you can't yet trust the Bengals because the Bengals are going to be one of the teams this year that they're going to get up for games in which they're an underdog in, and it's going to be the type of thing where you look at it and say, oh, yeah, big moment here for the Bengals, right? Uh, You know, an arrival for Joe Burrow, and, and Jamar Chase makes his case for rookie of the year. That was last week. That was them against the the Packers. It was a pretty fun game. Packers end up winning in overtime on a walk-off Crosby field goal. Earlier this year, week one, three-point home dog. Bengals win the game outright. They go to Pittsburgh, win a road divisional game outright as an underdog. The Bengals are going to be a good underdog. I don't think they're going to be a good favorite because it's a very different role when you go from the hunter to the hunted. And that's where Cincinnati is right now. We saw them get off to a slow start at home against Jacksonville on that Thursday night game. Even though they come back and win, they do not get the cover. As That's kind of what I'm thinking here, that I think you have to look at Detroit on the basis that Cincinnati might be a little sleepy here. And I worry about this spot. It's a Bengals team that I don't yet trust to not fall asleep in games like this. And on the other hand, you have a Detroit team that, you know, continues to be hungry for its first win. The Bengal, the Lions have been getting shafted with losing games on fifth, two losses on 50-plus yard field goals. Last, year, last week, Greg Joseph from Minnesota and then, of course, Justin Tucker for Baltimore did it to the Lions. And so... That's the Lions. You know, these are the games that they just lose and every, you, you can't believe you're losing that way. But I do think that Dan Campbell's boys continue to cover spreads and be in games. Uh, and, and so for that reason, this feels like a good spot for Detroit to get their first win. Live underdog here, Lions, plus three and a half for me. I absolutely love it. I'm taking the three and a half and – you got to sprinkle the money line. This feels like a sneaky spot that they win the game. I I really wish the Bengals won against the Packers. It would be an absolute hammer if the Bengals won because then they're, they're, you know, fat, dumb, and happy coming in off a win. It's tough when they're off a devastating loss, but I just really like Green Bay or the lines in the spot. The, Bengals, they're 24th in the NFL. They give up 2.8 sacks per game. How are they going to protect Burrow? Burrow, we're kind of concerned about the injury, but I guess he's he's definitely going to play. But what a wild injury. They said he's not going to be talking this week. They don't want him to rupture, upset his throat. But, yeah, I think this is a great spot the lines at home I think they're going to get their first win but just take the points yeah you see that hook there and I'm with you even if they win I mean if you have plus three and a half and they win then I don't think you're really complaining anyway so I think I'd agree and lean towards taking that three and the hook with the home dog the Detroit Lions do you you see a Dan Campbell press conference where he's crying how does that not motivate this team? He was crying in his press conference, just very upset that they, you know, he's he's laying it all on the line for the players. Like, 
They have to get up. They have to yeah. get up. This, this feels like a, yeah, definitely a spot to sprinkle blind money on. Let's keep things moving and go from Jared Goff's current team to Jared Goff's old team. That's the L.A. Rams making the cross-country trip to the Meadowlands, laying nine and a half. Don't know who's playing quarterback for the Giants after Danny Dimes was concussed against the Dallas Cowboys. Sean McVay normally been pretty good on the East Coast. Total of 48 and a half. I know it's the Rams, Alex, but this has corner TV at the bar written all over it, right? Oh, yeah, this is the worst game of the week. I'd, might not be uh, Saquon Barkley. He's probably going to be out. And then I would be surprised if Danny Jones, Danny Dimes, our guy, if he plays. And, and then if, if he plays, like, he's usually a fade on the road. But can we really trust the Rams? He's a fade at I home, think, you mean? Yeah, he's a fade at home. And... I think the under might be a better play. I'm seeing 48 and a half. I'm not sure how the Giants scored, regardless who was that quarterback. I mean, the Rams could win and dominate, absolutely dominate. 38 to 10, and this game still goes under 48.5. I just can't see how you could get there with either side. I, I really don't trust Stafford that much on the road against the Decent Giants defense. No matter who's a quarterback, I just don't really see a side you could take here. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't really see the reason. Like, if you're the Rams, what's your reason for margin? But how do the Giants score? Like, it's a pretty ugly game and uh, one that I look forward to not watching. So, I'll go. (laughs) Absolutely. We saw uh, today Galladay didn't practice. Andrew Jones in practice, Saquon in practice, and Daniel Jones in practice. So that's their pretty much their entire offense. I, I will not say practice some, today. some life the last couple of weeks from the rookie out of Florida, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, he's been he's been explosive. He's been impressive. I I thought that was a pretty solid pick. I honestly like that. I drafted him on one of my keeper leagues, so I'm stashing him, but. It's just tough to see how Mike Glennon led offense, moves the ball against a pretty stout Rams front four. And then I just don't, yeah, like you're saying, why do they need to run the score up? Like, what what's the point of running the margin up? Do they really care about covering 10? And 48 and a half feels very high. Oh, this game stinks. We've spent enough time. That's terrible. That's terrible. (laughs) Let's go to Lake Erie where the Cleveland Browns welcome in Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I wonder if Lincoln Riley might be in attendance in this game as he watches Baker Mayfield square off with Kyler Murray. And Cleveland is a three-point home favorite, total of 49. Alex, we were thinking this might go down to two and a half this morning but now we're seeing the juice on the cleveland minus three indicating that we might be headed to three and a half here i think you gotta play cleveland anytime you see we talked about arizona maybe being a public dog even if we think 
that the more public dog is the Chargers. Well, Arizona, 5-0, and getting points against a Browns team that's 3-2. and Like, it, it, it does feel a little fishy. And, you know, when it's fishy, again, you play play the side that's the fishy part or you don't play the game. I'm going to lay it with the Cleveland Browns. And I do think that the front seven will be able to keep Kyler contained similarly to how we saw San Francisco last week devise a pretty good defensive game plan. And you know what? This is a sneaky big game for the Browns because, you know, we just finished talking about how we thought the Bengals could lose to the Lions. And I do think that could happen. But your Steelers, we're going to get to them in a minute. If they can beat Geno Smith, they go to three and three. Even if the Bengals lose to the Lions, they're still at three and three. And we'll see what the Ravens do against the Chargers. But for a team that obviously has a lot of expectations, now, if Cleveland loses this game, Browns go to three and three, and they got Denver on a short week. You would think at home they'll be able to beat Denver. So I don't know that they necessarily panic at three and three. Like that doesn't seem like it's you know a, a crisis there. But in that division, which we think is going to be pretty competitive, you know, people talk about the NFC West and the AFC West, but. It might soon be time to start talking about the AFC North, particularly if your Steelers can win and they go to three and three. So, uh, again, I'm not saying that this is a must win for Cleveland, but I do think there's a little more urgency here, certainly for Cleveland, than there is Arizona. So I would lay the points. I completely agree. This was one of the weird lines we were looking at initially. Just feels weird. Cards are undefeated and then they're going into Cleveland. I also just saw that Kyler Murray was limited in practice today. I think that's why the line might have ticked up. I'm seeing Browns three and a half. I was hoping this got under three. I really want the Browns two and a half. Then you also got Chandler Jones. I don't know if he's going to play. He's currently has a positive COVID test. So that's something to keep an eye on, but the Browns are going to run the ball all over this Cardinals defense. And I think the Browns are the play here. I really want the Browns under two and a half, but I probably would lay it up to three. I think I'll still play it. This looks like Browns are passed. So some agreement on the Cleveland side in the battle of the Oklahoma quarterbacks. Let's keep things moving and go to the mile high city where the Vegas Raiders take on the Denver Broncos. Uh, and obviously it's been a rather chaotic week for the Raiders, that's for sure, as they're on the road catching three in the hook, total of 44. Alex, we talked a little bit about this one before we jumped on. You could fire up the old bet on the team first week after the coach gets fired trend. That's normally one that does pretty well, thinking being that the firing of the coach usually lights a fire under the player's. And in the case of John Gruden, well, maybe there's some players that are happy that he's gone, given what's gone on this week there. So it is an interesting kind of contrarian look because, you know, everybody this week is going to be talking about, oh, how do the Raiders get back up? How do they handle this distraction? How do they do this? How do they do that? And then you remember that they're still three and two. And, you know, I know that's the same record for Denver, but should Denver give three and a half? Like, we think it's a decent home field, but... It's not worth three and a half points. 
So this line is indicating that Denver's just flat out better than Vegas. I don't know that I buy that. And so you're going to like the Raiders here. I'm probably staying away, but I definitely understand and, and kind of like the rationale behind Raiders. Yeah, I absolutely love the Raiders here. You have to play it, right? This is still a good team. They're three and two. They're still fighting for a division spot. This division is wide open. I still like what the Raiders have going on offense. I just I think the Broncos are kind of reeling. I'm not impressed with the Broncos right now. I, their defense is very solid. Their offense, we've seen better days. I think three in the hook, three point five. Like this is just completely discrediting the Raiders and what they've done. They they beat the Ravens at home in a very good football game, which we think the Ravens are actually a good football team. So we're just going to discredit that because of what's happening. I think with the coach being gone, they're going to get up for this. This feels like a great spot, a great team coming together, all unity, all that bullshit. We're going to just have the best game I just really like the Raiders. It feels like they should not be that many points. So as we move forward now and look into the final game in the late afternoon window, let's go to Foxborough where we have the Dallas Cowboys making the trip to the Northeast and taking on the Patriots. This number has ticked down a little bit. I got New England plus four. It looks like it's at three and a half now. We have a total in this game sitting at about 51. I was going to say I thought it was upper 40s, but no, 51 is a total here. Alex, I grabbed New England plus four. I like this because I just had a, a thought run through my mind before I played this game. And that thought was backed up by a little bit of research, albeit not very strong research, but still research that I think backs up my point. And my thought was this. Well, I think New England is probably, in the post-Brady era, they've been a better dog than a favorite just because well, they don't play that many games where they get significant margin. They normally keep it close against the good teams, like we saw against Tampa Bay this year. They beat Arizona as a short underdog at home outright last year. They're able to just kind of find ways to win with their defense and their run game. Sure enough, nine games they've been a dog post-Brady, going back to the beginning of last year, five and four against the spread. 12 games, they've been a favorite post-Brady, 4-8 against the spread. So I think the defense and the run game do it again here for New England. We saw them kind of swallow up Brady and, and come with a pretty good game plan, albeit in less than ideal weather conditions. But that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen here. I think Dak Prescott and the Dallas offense are not going to be able to move the ball as easily as they have been at various other points of this first half of 2021. I think this game stays in the low 20s, and that's good things for New England. Patriots, plus the points for me at home. I agree. This line just feels way too fishy to take Dallas. Dallas is 5-0 and against the spread this year, and going into New England team that felt pretty flat last week and did not even come remotely close to covering 9.5 at the Texans. It just feels a little too low. I'm seeing... 
I'm seeing 82% of bets on the Cowboys, but 55% of money. So you're seeing 27% on the Patriots. Just feels like a little too fishy of a line. I can't get there with either side, really, but I think the Patriots are the correct side. You got the best of a number. You're seeing it tick down here. I'm seeing three and a half now. Yeah, I think the Patriots are the only side. Agreement there in the final afternoon game of the late window. Only three in the late window, which is kind of frustrating. Arizona, Cleveland, Vegas, Denver, and Dallas, New England. But yeah, we've, been, five- we've, been, we've been bitching about this for, not bitching, but been upset about this for years. Yeah. How yeah. We only have a handful of games in the four o'clock window. And then you do have San Francisco on a bye, which is a West Coast team. So that's fair. You know, something to consider. All right. but Pr- protect the shield. Let's get, yeah, right. Let's get <laughs> to the primetime game where when it comes to protect the shield, I don't have much to defend here. Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, that's right, traveling cross-country to the Keystone State to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger in his walker. And you know what? Like, we're seeing the Steelers as a favorite, which you kind of have to make them one, given that they're coming off of a win. And it's Geno Smith. Like, what's he going to – how's he going to do? Against this Pittsburgh defense. Looks like it's out to five and a half. Steelers are laying. Total of 42 and a half. And Alex, I got to ask you, because you're the one on the Steelers. And we talk sometimes about favorites or like if you like, you know, the the big spreads with low totals. Five and a half, not a massive spread, but still sizable. And a low total here of 42 and a half. Wouldn't you rather go, if you like Pittsburgh, you probably like them because you just don't see enough from Geno Smith and that Seattle offense, and you probably think the path to a Steelers cover is something like 24-13, 20-10 in that neighborhood. So if that's how you feel, then why not go Seahawks team total under? That's not a terrible idea. I definitely don't dislike that. I I'm just more comfortable like, thinking the Steelers. Like, covering in, in a game in which that all of a sudden turns high scoring? Like, I, I can't. Not necessarily high scoring. I just think Geno Smith looked pretty decent. But, granted, that was against... He looked decent right out now. Off the bench. The Rams off the not bench. knowing what to expect from him. Yeah. So, now right. you have the Steelers on a full week of preparation for Geno Smith and... Granted, extra time for Seattle to put some Geno Smith stuff in with that Thursday game. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair, but also probably no Carson. I don't think he's going to play. And then we saw how that ended up last week. The Seattle only averaged 3.7 yards per carry against the Rams. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the team total under. I just would be curious what that's at. I grabbed the Steelers at four and a half, and I'm just more comfortable with that. I think they'll definitely cover the spread. I just don't see how Seattle moves the ball, and then you have Seattle's defense is so bad against a run. Give up 
145 rushing yards per game. That's 31st in the NFL. So I'm thinking Steelers can definitely cover this number. And also, this has to be a Najee-Harris game, right? You got to look to the player props here. I would definitely play Najee-Harris anytime touchdown. And then depending what this opens up, but I would play Najee Harris rushing and receiving yards over. It feels like a great spot for him to go off. So he's calling for the Najee Harris game. Let's see. We'll go from one Alabama running back to another as we finish with Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans hosting the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. Should be a fun one. With the Bills in prime time against, we think, another top team in the AFC. Although, Tennessee, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think they're a little phony. And the Titans are catching five and a half, six. Total of 54. And the first thing I said, Alex, was, gosh, you have the Titans against a very explosive Bills offense. And I think this total should be closer to the Kansas City-Washington total. But I hate the fact that I'm on a Monday Night Football over. I don't really like the side because Tennessee's defense is so bad that you can't just think, oh, well, I'm getting a good offense catching five and a half. Like, I think you maybe lean Buffalo, but I worry about Buffalo getting a little expensive in the marketplace, given how well the Bills have played lately. So if I had to make a play side total, I'd go over um, because I think the winner of this game could probably score 40. Yeah, it just feels so fishy that the Bills are only laying five and a half. It kind of makes me worried, but that's why I don't really want to back the Titans. feels too low. I know Mike Vrabel's right, going to yeah. get fired up in primetime, but the Bills only laying five and a half on the road. The Titans, their defense, they're giving up 264 yards per game through the area. That's 21st in the NFL, which isn't terrible, but that's exactly what Allen is going to do. I feel like they could shred this Titans defense. And I can't quite get by the side. I would definitely lean the bills. That's probably what I'm going to end up playing, but it's just tough. This line is just a little too low. It feels like it should be higher, but I just don't trust the Titans at all. Yeah. And they are a hard team to trust with how bad that defense can look at times. And, you know, I mean, it, it was Jacksonville last week. You don't read much into that. And then they lost outright against the Jets the week prior. I, I, You know, they got crushed by Arizona week one. I know Arizona's still undefeated. But Titans are one of those teams where any given week, like if the Titans won this game outright, you're not shocked, right? Yeah, it's just so up and but, down. But I know Vrabel's going to fired 40, up. 20 points. Oh, they could easily get demolished, right? Right. So there are, I, I don't think I've I mean maybe I faded them but I definitely haven't bet on the Titans yet this year and well, last week was a pretty Titan spot for me personally you had to bet the Titans at last week against Jacksonville I guess yeah that more of a fake Jacksonville it, yeah, I, know, I just exactly. I just don't feel great about this Titans team like I, I just I don't care how bad the division is like it just I I I don't want them here. I I, I think that no. And then the a, the Bills' rushing defense is is pretty stout. Right. I right. think They'll just sell out against Derrick Henry, and then all right, can Tannehill really? Receivers have been this? a little banged up. Can he keep Tennessee? up? So, 
Yeah, can they keep up? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think the over, what you're saying, is not a yeah. bad look at like all. I, like, this could be like 40 to 20 Buffalo. Absolutely, which is why I'm more leaning the Buffalo side. That's true. That gives us more leeway on the Buffalo side for sure. But there he is, Alex Uplinger, at Alex underscore up seven. My name is Greg Frank, at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Alex manages the podcast Twitter as well, at full underscore slate underscore pod. Alex, always fun, my guy. Let's enjoy week six and maybe dabble with a playoff baseball game or two as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We could dabble. What are we thinking? Are we thinking that uh, I, th- I think Dodgers, it's money game line? five. I got the Giants series price. So I don't even need to bet the money line. I might bet first five. But I'm thinking, listen, it's been 170 games almost now. And the Dodgers still have not been able to overtake the Giants. Why would they now? It's Logan Webb pitching for the Giants. You know, their ace at home. I just think the Giants are going to do it again. Like, they, they just, it hasn't ever gotten to the point yet where they have, relinquished and and seeded to the LA Dodgers. And I don't think it's going to start Thursday night. <laughs> I love it. There I'm he is. We'll be talking. Enjoy your weekend, my guy. See you, buddy. Good to hear from me. All righty. Again, this has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Everybody enjoy NFL week six. And of course, please play responsibly.